Hi, I'm Troy Richards. And I'm Daniel Mawson. Welcome to the Understanding Jesus podcast. I'm the senior pastor at First Baptist Church in Jackson, Missouri, and Daniel's our worship pastor. Our church is reading through the Bible in a year, and on this podcast, we examine highlights from this week's reading. We talk about the passages devotionally and try to answer questions people have shared with us. Our hope is that you'll discover how amazing God's Word is and how enjoyable it is to read for yourself, which is the key to understanding Jesus. Hello and welcome to the Understanding Jesus podcast. Once again, we are here. I am Daniel and I'm here with Patrick Troy dun, 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 dun. and Josh. Hey there. Brother Josh. Brother. Uh, hey, brother. Director, hey. possibly Josh. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> good day. It's a good it day. Is, it is a good day. <laughs> yes. We have a lot to talk about today because uh, it's a uh, it's an exciting time in uh, the Old Testament as we are going Isn't through. Isn't it always? It is. It is. There's a really cool story about the uh, the ark that was captured by the Philistines and how they got it back oh, I to love that story. Uh, isn't that a great story? It's a fun story. It, it is. is a fun story. They take uh, dairy cows and uh, <laughs> and and have them return the ark and it's a, anyway it's it's a thing. Uh, if you if you've never heard that story, you can read you can it. read about it it's in, the, in Bible. the Bible. That's right, and <laughs> which is the sure uh, way. Uh, Samuel uh, is sent by Jesus. God to uh, or, or anoint Saul as king, and uh, and we go through the entire saga of Saul getting to be king and being rejected as king all in one week's reading. So Whew. it's a it's like binge watching uh, Saul. <laughs> Saul, that's right, uh, the Old Testament Saul, uh, not to be confused with New Testament Saul. Which really isn't. Uh, it's a whole other topic. We're not gonna. I'm not gonna go into why we call him Saul. But uh, mm. okay, it's his Hebrew name. Because Jesus switched it from Paul. Saul. Since, yeah. yeah. since everyone was asking. Yeah. yeah. Since yeah. everyone was yeah. asking. Because you were wondering. Yeah. Yeah. I was Hebrews. Okay. Some, <laughs> some people Paul's were saying. Green. Some people. Everyone who listens to this was like, <laughs> why? 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 Troy? Why? Tell us. Please. Tell us. Don't leave us hanging. That's like that. all we desire is why Saul. Don't leave us <laughs> hanging. Please. All right. So anyway, so uh, Samuel goes and anoints David, and uh, and then who's that? Uh, okay. Yeah, it, it really. I mean, actually, First Samuel is the story of David. It's not, and we just have to get through Saul to get to uh, the story yeah, of David. Not that important. Yeah, exactly. well, I, mean, he, <laughs> I, I don't care. He, it only gives us the contrast of uh, here's why we have to have David right. because otherwise you have a Saul, uh, and so uh, it, it's really such a tragic story of. Of the Holy Spirit being removed from being ripped, having the kingdom ripped away from you, mm. and Saul was a Benjamite. Um, Ooh, yeah. and so he uh, wasn't to be the king anyway. I mean, whoa, because it was uh, take that because, Benjamin, because okay. the, the line of kings was supposed to come from the tribe of Judah, and so anyway, and so, we have we have some bad blood with with the tribe of Benjamin from last week, don't we? Yeah, That's yes. Crazy. Yeah, was that? Oh my goodness, it's wow. all that's pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. So turn around. I wasn't here. I wouldn't yeah. know. Never read the Bible. I wonder if <laughs> I wonder if Saul was one of those guys that had to go to that festival and snag him a wife. <laughs> wouldn't that be crazy? <laughs> Jonathan's mom. <laughs> hey, you know, I saw this guy at this festival. Maybe he could be king. Here's Jonathan saying, "It's in the table with Saul and his wife, and saying, so how'd you guys meet?'" <laughs> oh, well, long story. We don't tell that story. Oh. Long story, but it's in the Bible. <laughs> all right. So anyway, that's and then. Luke, uh, well, we go through the entire Passion of the Christ in, mm-hmm. in the Gospel of Luke, so it's pretty uh, dramatic, obviously. So, uh, so anyway, it's really good <laughs> stuff. So we're gonna come back and we're well, it is. <laughs> I know, but it's just like. Oh, that was just funny. It's dramatic. <laughs> it is, but it was just like 
Have you never seen about, like, the high movie school The Passion drama. of the Christ? <laughs> like, whoa. Josh, have you seen dramatic. The Passion movie? Have you? Yeah. Have you seen The Passion of the Christ? I feel like I'm going to get... I feel like I'm going to get... You're about to be persecuted. I haven't. You, no, I haven't. You, you have haven't not Because no. it? it's rated R? Is that <laughs> R? <laughs> no. I... No, I haven't. I okay. don't really have an explanation of why I don't. Well, we're going to take a break, and Josh is going to watch the video. <laughs> and we'll be back. And we'll be back. The whole video. <laughs> we represent Peaceful Valley Camp as the caretakers, and, and we are so excited about what God is doing there. And uh, we are having the week-long camps this year, and we're excited about what God's going to do through that and change young people's lives. But we are also excited on Memorial Day, May 31st, we're having a, a camp celebration and everyone is welcome to come and you can bring friends there's going to be activities for all ages and we're just excited the way that god is working in this camp and in and in the ministry of this association and we're so glad that you're a part of it and we just welcome you to come forward or come up to the camp at any time even if it's not that when we have different activities that we're going to have on may 31st that we're welcome of all ages and we're just excited the way that god is working and God bless you, and just thank you all for your support. All right, here we are, back. Josh has... I've seen the Passion seen of the Christ. Passion. It was quite the break. Um, we're, <laughs> if we sniffle Drawing a little bit... tears. Yeah, yes. that's why. Um, Josh, what did you get from the reading this week? Let me Before Josh oh starts gosh. talking, <laughs> I just want to interject, because we, yeah. we, we just need to do this from time to time. What we do is when we read the Bible, mm-hmm. we write down the things that stick out to us. And I I just want to always encourage people when you're reading the Bible, when you're meditating upon it, meditation is not emptying your mind. Mm -hmm. It's filling your mind. And so just take, take time to meditate upon what you're reading in the passage and ask yourself, what is God saying to me through this passage? Mm -hmm. And, and it doesn't have to be everything you read, but something you read. And if you do it every year, so, and that's what makes, I think the Bible exciting to read it through every year, because every year you read the same passages, yeah. but you find and discover different things. Yeah. And so Josh is getting ready to share with us what he discovered in his reading. I honestly thought I was like getting in trouble for something. I was like, what? I'm so sorry. Kind of me over. Like, it was like that, really... That will be when we're off the air. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, I'm in Psalm 55, 4 through 5. Um, and it's really... This is an intense psalm. Um, but I think it's also intense because I'm just like... It's relatable to me right now. But this is what it says. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling fear and trembling come upon me and horror overwhelms me. Now, I know I just said that it's relatable and it is. But like, anyway, let me just explain. I think we underestimate the power of fear in our lives, um, like massively. I think that we think of fear as this thing that's like, oh, well, I have to like be afraid in this moment of like something that's coming. But like, I think fear is more of a looming thing that we, we don't realize is there until you look at what's ap- actually happening in your life. And so um, I didn't realize how much this affected me. I didn't realize how paralyzing this was to me or even to my relationship with God. Like I didn't realize how much fear affected me. Mm. Um, and especially just in the current, just like confusion of life right now of like what's in the future, what's happening, like what's going on. And so there's this, like this feeling of people are afraid of, I'm afraid of feeling this way forever. Like there's seasons in your life where you're like, am I going to feel this way forever? Am I going to be empty forever? Am I going to not have friends forever? Am I going to be, you know, stuck in this situation forever? Is, is Satan going to be here forever? And it's just this, like this fear and it, it gets inside of you and it makes you like 
not be able to see the Lord clearly. Um, and it, the list, I mean, you could put whatever you want to be afraid of in there, fear of whatever it may be, fear of death. Is it coming, you know, for um, like my grandma, this is a massive thing for it. When's it coming? I'm just here. I'm just waiting and just fearing life. Like does have to get up throughout the day. And it's just a massive thing that you don't realize is there. And so, um, and it causes so much disarray and so much, um, just distractions from God. And then it puts the greatest fear in you of, Oh my goodness. Does God even love me? Is God who he says he is? And you begin to, I mean, you just run and, and you're afraid to do it. You're afraid to go to church. You're afraid to talk to people. And that's not where I'm at right now, but I've been there of just like, I'm so afraid to do anything. I'm so paralyzed by what's happening right now in my life. And I'm so afraid of what's going on. I have no idea what's going on. I, I have no handle on anything. Uh, and, and it's scary. And so when we're hearing this, like my heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me and horror overwhelms me. That word overwhelming there is so true. And you don't realize it until you sit down and you're like, okay, so what's actually going on? Why am I feeling this way? You can lead everything back to, well, not maybe not everything, but like, man, I'm really afraid of some things and I don't trust God with this. Mm. And that's a really very intense thing. But you go on into the next Psalm, Psalm 56, 9 through 13, and it, it says this, it says, then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know that God is for me in God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise and God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What, what can man do to me? I must perform my vows to you. You, o God, I will render thank offerings to you for you have delivered my soul from death. Yes. My feet from failing that I may walk before God in the light of life. And it's like this, like fear has no power over us. When, when we realize this, I've been delivered from death and I'm walking in the newness of life and I'm walking in your presence, God. And like that cures fear. There's nothing to be afraid of anymore because it's mm. like we have Christ's blood covering us and there's nothing we do need to be afraid of. It's like, yeah, I don't know what's happening in the future. I don't know what's happening next week. I don't know what's happening on Sunday, but what I, what I can um, be excited about is that it doesn't matter because I'm walking in the newness of life and those fears have no power over us anymore. And they're not overwhelming anymore because God is all powerful. God is all knowing and he's ever present. Mm. And so there's just so much peace in that. And that really got me this week because of all the questions that are in my life right now of like, what do I do? What do I do? You know, like, what am I supposed to do with my life? And and just yeah. this fear I didn't know was there was completely just shown that it has no power uh, and that God is God is who he says he is and he's never changing. So yeah, that's what, that's what really got me this week. So, yeah. and what's really, I don't know, um, I guess, uh, revealing is that, uh, that's an ageless thing. Mm-hmm. It's not a, yeah. it's not a, Hey, I'm young and I got my life in front of me. I wonder what was right. going to happen. I, I, I meet people from all stations of life at mm-hmm. every age of life who ask those same questions, who have those same fears. And right. as long as we are living in this world, it doesn't matter. It, it's not, it's never about how old you are. It's always no. just about your perspective yeah. and your focus is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he says that in Psalm 55 again, in verse 16, but I called God and the Lord, and the Lord will save me. It's like, yes, this is the God we know who delivered us from Egypt, who delivered us the law, like who gave us all these things and wants to redeem his people and love us. It's like, and then Romans 8, you know, mm-hmm. if he's for me, then who can be against me? It's, it's yes. such comfort and peace in that. So, yeah. In the New King James, it says, my heart is severely pained within me mm. and the terrors of death have fallen upon me. Mm. Um, and I, 
I uh, and it, it, the verse after that where it says, "So I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove, mm-hmm. I would fly away and be at rest." I was saying the break that I had a Forrest Gump reference for that, but the and I don't, <laughs> you've watched Forrest Gump, yeah, you oh know where uh, Jenny <laughs> says where she's in that hiding from her abusive father, mm-hmm. and she's like, uh, "Please God, make me a bird so I can fly far, far away." Okay, where, uh, that was I the verse. I know that line. That was the <laughs> verse that came. To, that was the line in the movie that came uh-huh. to me as I was reading that verse, uh-huh. and I thought, you know how how it is. He's He's like, that's what he's doing. He's pleading that he had wings that he yeah. could just fly away uh, from the situation and uh, and be at rest. And, and he says, I, you know, I would I would wander far off and remain in the wilderness. I would I would get away from here as far as I could. It, I I love the Psalms because that's such a what a pure and impassioned plea yeah. that is. We I mean we could easily say, well, just turn to Jesus. <laughs> You know, obviously right. he's our refuge, and that is the answer. I'm not yeah. trying to say that that's that's wrong, but 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 to understand that if you have this feeling like mm-hmm. Jesus isn't there and, yeah. and I'm not being rescued, your only thought is I just want to get away from here. Mm-hmm. You know, find my happy place and retreat to that place and, and escape from this. We have this, and and what you said about how the moment feels like it will never go away. Mm-hmm. That's something that's, it's like talking people off that ledge is such mm-hmm. a big part of biblical counseling and, and pastoral ministry. And because you get into a marriage situation, you have a spouse who says, I don't love you. And they'll say things like, I never loved you. Mm-hmm. And the person yeah. will come to me and say, I can't believe they never loved me. I'm like, no, wait. They just said they never loved you. Doesn't mean they never right, loved you. Right. Like they're saying the words in a moment in time. Right. They're but they're trying to make those words transcend time. Meaning they're they're trying to say that this has always been the way it was. So right. That's what the enemy does. Mm-hmm. He tries to make you think this moment last forever. It goes yeah. in, it goes eternally in in each direction, and and to give you that sense of hopelessness. Yeah. Uh, but it is it is a snare of of the yeah. devil. Yeah. It's so hard. I, <laughs> it's just it's when people they try to give you they well they do give you the answer like pray about it you know seek refuge in the Lord but it's in that moment you're just like I, no I I can't like I am so just like Petra I can't move like I'm paralyzed I don't, I don't want to do those things and it's scary in those moments because you I mean you can see David throughout the Psalms also just being like don't turn your eye from me Lord like I am I just please like keep me with you and it's like just this moment I'm alone and I'm afraid and it's really it's scary what I tell people I said you know just just don't do anything yeah you know don't, yeah yeah don't, don't take drastic. don't take action don't mm-hmm. because that's what he's trying to he's getting to do trying to get if you'll just wait if you'll just stay there it's right. kind of like telling a child when you find yourself lost or whatever don't keep wandering around right. don't get right. lost or I don't know, what know uh, but the uh, just stay where you are, and I will find you. Yeah, you know, it's like if you will just stay put, I I will can trace yeah. back your steps, and I yep. will come to you. So we're, that's a tough thing to say too, because you're like, you know, what if I know what you know, I'm doing? A, yeah, a dangerous like, situation yeah. where, but the. Um, it's but that is kind of the the thing is that you you're like don't don't call that lawyer mm. don't you know right. don't don't take that step don't take that action that's irre- irreversible yeah because that's what the enemy's trying to get you right. to do he's trying right. to get you to take action of something that can't be undone yeah uh, so just um, if you're in a if you're in a dangerous situation flee you know that's what he says when you when you see immorality or whatever coming for you or whatever in your situation then you need to run from that run from danger mm-hmm. but when you find that place where you know you look at your surroundings and even though you feel that sense of impending doom and that desperate need to do something to fix your situation just don't yeah. just mm-hmm. wait for the lord to be your deliverer mm. Mm, that's so hard oh, anyway <laughs> it is difficult yeah <laughs> He never said, um, 
he <laughs> promises a rose garden. I was thinking of. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm so glad you've heard that song. Yeah, I don't you think heard it. it? Yeah, yeah, that's now, where I'm now at. that we know yeah. you haven't See? seen Forrest Gump, you've not seen The Passion yeah. of Christ, but at least you not know Lynn Anderson. You've heard Lynn Anderson sing. I, I, I promise your rose garden. Yeah, thank you. Oh, country music specifically. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Worship oh. pastor. <laughs> Did you have anything on that, Daniel? No. Yeah, I'm just. Soaking Marveling. I'm gonna, cause I know, I know you're about to talk a similar game, so I'm gonna, yeah, just talk it all. Oh, <laughs> hear it all. Oh, all right, cool. embarrassing. All right, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, the, this was my. Uh, I, I wanted to share something from Luke 21. Oh, oh. So. Man, that's why I was asking you if you had anything. Well, then, then yeah, yeah, I'll throw something <laughs> there. <laughs> Um, yeah, because I mean, you were just talking about how how fear is this like over like mm-hmm. overwhelming thing, and I think we get in this. You know, there's there's fear that's healthy for the Christian, and mm-hmm. there's fear that's oh, unhealthy yeah. for the Christian, yeah. and um, fear in in regard to like the kind of fear that I want my son to have of me mm-hmm. is and, a reverent fear, a reverent fear, yeah. and and like a genuine like he's like a like thinking of God as like this lion, right? Who's right. who's powerful and and really has the ability and and predisposition to just mm-hmm. do what he us. wants. Yeah, yeah do what I mean, he wants regardless of me and 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 rest in that, rest in the, his love for me. I think that tension is healthy yeah. for the believer. Oh yeah. Um, but I so relate to that fear of I don't I don't know what I'm doing with mm-hmm. my life. You know, like not just that not that I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Sometimes that's the case for sure more than others, but um, it's, it's, it's like, uh, I, I'm not confident mm-hmm. that I have it all, that I have anything together. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I want to have my feet planted and I want to have my hands on the right things. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not confident in that, or I'm not, and that really roots back to, I'm not confident in the Lord's leading or that he is going to be good to me in mm-hmm. these times or love, take care of me about all these things. And, and so I start holding onto what I am holding onto tighter and tighter and tighter. And, you know, it's, it's. You pick the fear that you yeah, want to have, right? Right. Uh, and mm-hmm. um, and and I think you're right. The psalmist is is bringing up a good point that we're um, we have a tendency to to have the wrong kind yeah. of fear. Well, and I think there's been parts in my life where it's like, okay, I fear God reverently, but I'm like, there have also been points where I'm like, I'm afraid of God. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't I don't like this. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's a very like scary like. I don't trust him. I'm afraid of him. Like, and that's, and that is a scary place for a Christian to be because, Mm -hmm. you know, for someone who's been raised in church and who's loved God for a long time, it's like that moment of like, I'm afraid of him is really scary. It's like everything you know, and that you know about God, like goes out the door and you're like, Mm -hmm. "Mm, I don't trust him. Like, and that's a, that's a really scary place to be. That's how I differentiate those things in my mind. Mm -hmm. I use fear for one and afraid for the other. Cause I think they, the difference in that way is because, and and so you could, you express that just there that when I fear him, that's where I, I need to be. I need to fear yeah. him. But when I'm afraid of him, mm-hmm. I, it's it's because I've, yeah. I'm, I'm not where I need to be. In yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm in a, I'm in a yeah. wrong yeah. relationship. There's something yeah. wrong in my head that I'm not believing right now. Yeah. yeah. Or I've been running the opposite yeah. direction from <laughs> right, him. Right. And yeah. now it feels like he's chasing me. To yeah. Oh, my gosh. Take, take me yeah. to the woodshed. Chasing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's really I'm, good. Well, and it's like Adam and Eve, you know, when they're, they were yeah. afraid of God, they're hiding from him Whoa. and so forth. And we see that okay, throughout, Holy Spirit. throughout the Bible. Where? You know, <laughs> yeah. mm, so cool. Mm. Uh, I'm going to pick up on Psalm 56 too, uh, since you were there and we're there. So, but it says, vows made to you are binding upon me, O God. I will render praises to you for you have delivered my soul from death. Mm-hmm. Have you 
not kept my feet from falling that I may walk before God in the light of the living. Um, and I, I think that there's vows are something that uh, it's been a struggle for me through my life and that understanding uh, not to make there's so many there's so many promises that we've looked at already like Jephthah uh, in the Old Testament uh, Saul in, in I think it was this week's yeah, reading yeah this week's reading yeah. uh, makes uh, makes a vows and so forth for people and 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 brings other people into those vows and and they're foolish vows they're they're things that should never have been said or told or, or shared or whatever uh, the uh, the thing that the vow, so so we get this idea that we should never make vows, and, and Jesus was really never saying that we should never make vows. He's just saying that when we do make vows, mm-hmm. they need to be vows we're planning to keep, and they right. need to be vows that honor God, and right. they don't need to be. We don't need to make all these promises, like uh, like have you know stick a needle in my eye, you know across my eye before I die, oh because gosh. because Sorry. have you never heard that? I've never heard stick a needle in my eye, stick a needle across my heart to die, to stick die. a needle in that. my eye. No, I've just heard the first uh, part. Wow, gosh, I feel like it's a cultural lesson today. <laughs> it's in the Passion of the Christ. <laughs> if only I've if seen it. <laughs> part of the Roman soldiers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that why they put the crown of thorns? Oh, stop. What? Uh, yes, whatever. The, uh, okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> Sorry. What were we talking about? Uh, yeah, what were we talking about? But, uh, but, the, but there are vows that uh, I, I've made in life that, uh, that I, I had to reflect on because they were vows I needed to make in my own personal journey with the Lord mm-hmm. uh, to, to maintain that relationship. And, uh, and, and so you just, you have, I think you can have moments of clarity where God says, Hey, I need you to, I need you to do this. Like getting married, for instance, is a, is a big one, uh, where you are before people, before God, and you're making a vow before God that I'm going, I'm pledging my faith to this person and, and so forth and maintain this relationship that, that, that vow is something to remember that they, it is binding. It is it is an agreement that we entered into before the Lord, and it, and uh, and we are bound by it, um, and and that one of the reasons why we do that is because that we have deliverance through that, and it, it's real for me because the the vows that I've made are are not such that it's like well God if you get me out of this jam then I promise right. I'll do this forever, right. But they are vows that it's like I, I recognize that by entering into this covenant agreement that there is protection and refuge for me within this agreement. Yeah. And so I, I, as long as I stay within this agreement, then I get to enjoy the, the fruit of that salvation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and leaving that agreement is, is always a dangerous place. It's, it's, um, it's interesting uh, that, uh, that, I mean, I, I, can't, I can't think of it any other way. I, I tell my wife all the time, I said, if it weren't for you, I'd be dead. Uh, and I, I believe that. Mm-hmm. I, I literally believe that God provided her uh, the relationship that we have as a means of refuge for me, as, a, as, as part of his salvation for my mm-hmm. life and, uh, and, and his plan for my life. And without her, then that, that, there's no fruit of that. Uh, and so remaining faithful in that. And and, the, and we say the words till death do we part, but that's because it's like well, you know, if if he did see fit to take her away from me, then that's him absolving me of that vow, mm-hmm. saying that I've got another means by which to take care of you, or else, or else it's time for you to go too. Right, <laughs> Thelma and Louise moment. Yeah. Uh, but the yes. uh, have you ever seen Thelma and Louise? No, oh, man. I do, do, know, do you know the reference? Though. Do you know the reference? Yes, I know them. I mean, do you know the Thelma and Louise reference? Because I've actually never watched the movie through, but I know what it, the reference like, is. They were like 
Um, no, like they they they're, they're criminals. Yeah, that's, I, was, I was trying to. But they're in a car criminal. and they that's drive off a yeah, cliff yeah, yeah. together. Yeah. They hold hands and so anyway. That happened to missionaries in South yeah. America. I mean, they weren't yeah. like criminals. They just yeah. they'd break <laughs> so they, they were like yeah. eighty years old. They, like, the missionaries in South America heads. got in a car and drove off a cliff and <laughs> held well, They didn't like choose to do it. Their brakes <laughs> yeah. broke. I was on a mountain. Yeah. Not they're not Philemon and Louise. Okay. Sorry. So anyway, like Luffy now. Too much culture. All right, Daniel. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Um. <laughs> Man, where to go? So I'm gonna since we're in Psalms, right? Oh, yeah. I, I too have the similar. Man, I don't. This is these aren't even like my favorite Psalms, but we all just kind of like fixate you on have the same favorite ones. things in the Bible. Yeah, that is all equal. That, which, which means that. Mm, uh, but yeah, I was reading Psalm 56, and I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna start on 56 and then go back to 55. Uh, but in 56 it says, You yourself have recorded my wanderings. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your records? And I just wrote down um, how often it feels like the Lord doesn't care uh, because he allows the tears to fall. Mm. And I think of like I think of my sons, and that's the best analogy I have between us and God. Um, it's mm. It goes beyond any analogy, of course, that we can do. But um, but I understand him a little bit more now having children. And I think of how like when they're in pain or upset over something that happens, um, and and I'm there, but just because I allow the tears to fall doesn't mean that I'm far from them. Yeah, you know, and and I think that it's the same with God. And in in Psalm 55:22 it says, "Cast your burden on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken." And I don't think that obviously, based on the very next Psalm, it doesn't mean that the tears won't fall, mm-hmm. right? It just means that He's going to catch them yeah. and He's going to have them, and and He is not only aware. But he's he's right there. Yeah. You know, I, I can't stop. Um, God could stop things from happening. but I, And I could stop bad, some bad things from happening to my kids. I could stop them from hurting in some scenarios, mm. some some hard conversations to have. I could I could allow none of that to happen in my house. Um, but um, but sometimes I, I watch the tears fall mm-hmm. on my son's face um, for their betterment. And yeah. I, and my only promise to them is that I'm going to be there with them to help right. them figure it out. And, and, and that's, that's, that's God for us. And I think that's really easy to say on a podcast on, um, you know, that we're listening to or in a sermon, but, um, but when we're the ones crying, when we're the ones mm-hmm. in pain and mourning, then it's, a uh, um, that's that's not our first thought, and so I think we just have to keep telling, you know, keep keep preaching it to ourselves um, that the Lord is with us when things are bad. The Lord is with us when things are bad. The Lord, um, and even even in um, even in His involvement in things that hurt us, you know, He wounds so that He can heal, and just the nature of God, we have to we have to keep preaching to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway. Something Troy said right before I started was he was like, if you read this like it like every year, like something that sticks out to you. I just I just wanted to say like, look, we all read Psalm 55 and 56 and different things like showed up to us, and yet yeah. they still all work in unity together right. with the goodness of God. So if you don't know how to read your Bible, um, that's okay. Like that's what this is for. It so you can see it's not as scary as you think it is, um, but it's actually it's really awesome. Um, even if I mean we're all in different stages of life, different yeah. stages of training. Um, it doesn't matter. Just read your Bible and ask the Lord to show you things, and He will. Um, no matter what's going on in your life, you know, and it's, it's so, it's so cool. Just, I mean, it, just a few verses, two chapters. And I think that's the part that we're trying to encourage people in is that, uh, to give the Lord an opportunity to mm-hmm. reveal himself yeah. to you just to, by, 
by taking it and saying, uh, just uh, put that on him. You know, don't don't say, well, I, I can't I can't figure anything out. Just mm-hmm. that's make that part of your prayer. God, show yeah. me something, yeah. reveal something to me and then see see what he reveals to you that. I remember remember thinking those thoughts of thinking I can't this is so hard to read yeah, so hard to understand oh or whatever goodness. and then somebody said that's just you not wanting to go through the discipline of reading <laughs> yeah. and and so then you know it's kind of like when you tell your kids that to try something and they're like I'm not gonna like it and you're like you haven't even tasted it you know right. you don't oh, know if you're man. gonna like it or not that was last night for us <laughs> yeah yes. exactly and that and that's what the Lord is doing with the word all the time he's like you haven't even read it how do you know you're not gonna get anything yeah. out of it yeah so read it and see what see it's what good he says for you. yeah 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 anyway I just thought I'd say that. But um, it's my turn again. Um, I'm in Luke 22, verse 1. Um, and last week um, in youth, we're going through the Old Testament. And last week was the plagues of Egypt um, and how they escaped Egypt and how the Lord saves them through that. Um, and so, of course, we talked about the 10th plague with the Passover um, and the requirements of the lamb and why that's important and all this stuff. And it had to be a perfect sacrifice. Um, and so we're here in Luke 22, and as we're, 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 I'm about to go through the entire passion of the Christ. Um, and so this is this is what verse 22 or 22 verse one says. Now the feast of unleavened bread drew, drew near, which is called the Passover, and that's the verse. That's it. But I, I just I, I want to talk about the perfection of timing. Like Jesus is the sacrificial lamb, um, and you know, as we read the Old Testament, we now have that revelation, that knowledge of that. Um, and he was he was the one that was slaughtered during the time of Passover. The, the timing was completely perfect. It's always been about Jesus uh, and the magnitude that we see here of God's providence, his wisdom. Um, it, it goes beyond our mind and it's beautiful there. It's just this incredible, we should be in awe of um, how smart God is and wise and just how he lines everything up to be perfect. It's, you know, I hear people say, well, why did it happen in this time? Or why was I born in this time period? I'm such an old mind. Or da, da, da. And it's like, eh, that doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like God lined this all up perfectly um, that, that you know, he made the law way back, way, 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 way back in um, Exodus. Um, and that this was supposed to be our Passover lamb and it had these requirements. Don't don't break its legs. Like you have to do this a certain way. Keep your, you know, your shirts tucked in and your, your shoes on. Do everything like this. Um, and Jesus... Or? Did yeah. you keep your shirt tucked in? Well, I didn't say that, but it, it <laughs> didn't say keep your shirt tucked in, what it, okay. whatever it is. But anyway, you should know. <laughs> no. Anyway, but it was, it's just really cool to see from the beginning of the Bible um, to where to where Jesus is. It's always been about him, um, and it's perfect. Everything about him is perfect, the timing, the, the placement, the sacrifice himself. So, yeah. It is, and and I kind of go in that same vein because uh, you see that. Uh, that is why I do love reading the Gospels and each of them doing their account for different reasons. Luke being more of a Gentile person and uh, and focusing more on how God is speaking to the Gentile people, which affects me because I'm a Gentile. Uh, but uh, I was in Luke 23, uh, and he said, uh, is it, then he said to them the third time, uh, this is Pilate speaking to the, the Jews. Uh, they said, then he said to them the third time, Why, what evil has he done? I have found no reason for death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. But they were insistent, demanding with loud voices that he be crucified. And the voices of these men and of the chief priest prevailed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, three times he's uh, – and, and there's always a you know a lot of religious significance with the number three. And, uh, but, the, but there are three times he gives them the opportunity to, to – retract what they are saying and and what what's happening is that he is it, it is him 
they are having to say we absolutely believe that this man is guilty of the crimes which we are accusing him of. And it's it's like God saying, are you sure you want to take this position? Is yeah. this the position you want to take? I'm giving you this opportunity to it, – it, it's the manifold grace of God that's exhibited all the way through the entire Bible where he continuously goes back to people and saying, you know, like and we were – you know, because we just came through the judges, where he would come to the people with a prophet and saying, hey, you know, you're, this is not the way you need to go. And the people are like, no, nope, this is what we want to do. This is exactly <laughs> the way we want to do it. And and then, you know, and sending people – it's like, it's like, hey, another here's another shot at it. I'm going to give you another opportunity to repent. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't repent now, it's going to get really bad. <laughs> uh, and 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 so here in this in this moment, because it's it's really easy to lose the gravity of the situation because you're thinking uh, we we get things confused in our heads because you see these men who are acting out in their own free will, yet you know this is something that God has ordained to happen, yeah. and how God is having both those things happen simultaneously it's just it's a marvel yeah uh and only an eternal god could right. could do that only god who's omnipotent and omniscient and so forth could or could accomplish this right. uh, which is just a testament to his glory but here you have i think one of the things we get in our mind is like uh maybe they didn't understand maybe they were confused maybe they they were he was giving them every opportunity for them to say we want to look with different eyes we want to to take a pause and so forth and this is what rejecting christ is it is an absolute as undeniable i do not want to follow him mm-hmm. he is not my lord I mean, one of the other Gospels is the most, to me, the most bone-chilling statement is, is you know, Caesar is our king. And it's yeah. like, wow, that's just, right. I mean, that's like, that's even bad for the Jewish people to be yeah. saying. It's like, we would rather have a pagan ruler than to admit that this guy, this guy from Nazareth, this lowly Jew, uh, is our king. And that's God's own chosen people right. rejecting the the king uh, that's been given to them uh, to the point where Pilate writes it you know this is he this is who he claims to be and he puts the king of the Jews on his thing because that's the whole point that's the whole point of their argument yeah. is that he's the king of the Jews and that's against your law because you can't have a king mm. uh, who's not you obviously yeah. and who's not appointed by Caesar and and so that's what he puts and they're like no 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 he's not our king so you see the it's like we think we should have a king. We're saying he's not the king, or he yeah. thought he was the king. So they really do want to rebel against Caesar. They're just not wanting to take the the path that God has for him. And that is that is the indictment on all of us. We really do want to be set free from the world which we're in. We just don't want Jesus to be the one right. to deliver right. us from it. We don't want to follow him. We want all the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We just don't want Jesus as Lord. Yeah. Right. right. We don't want him to be our king. Right. We, it, we, we, we want, want freedom. He thinks he's our king. Right. But... But we don't want him as king. And I uh, and, and things are going on in our world today. I was thinking about uh, uh, in uh, I don't want to point out the religion or whatever, but there are leaders we have in our country who follow a particular line of faith, and it is within the realm of Christianity. But they're at odds now with the very church that they say they're a part of. Yeah. And so yeah. you have them saying the church is saying this is the stand the church takes, and they're saying no, no, that's not the stand we're going to take. Right. And they're literally doing the same thing the Pharisees did with mm-hmm. Jesus at that point and saying just by our sheer will and our sheer just saying it over and over again, mm-hmm. we align ourselves with Caesar, but we're still going to believe that everything is okay between yeah. us and God. And God's saying, 
there's some very bold uh, men of God, I think, who are, who are taking this. I guess this is a tough thing to do. Yeah. When you have the leader of the free world who's saying, um, I'm going to stand against the teachings of the church to which I belong to, mm. and then the leaders of that church going, mm, no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, you are, a, you are, an, you are a, on the opposite side mm. of what the word teaches. And, and, and it is that, and, and they're like, because mm. you, because you're like, are they going to use all the power that they possess to take me out of the role which I'm in uh, to whatever, mm-hmm. and and then there you are, you are in the same place that Christ was. We are that's and that's what happens to us right. as his followers when we take that stand. Expect that. Expect that your friends are going to go. You're the Jesus you're telling me about is not the Jesus I want to follow mm-hmm. or Jesus I accept or the God that I want to follow or the God that I accept. But that doesn't change the fact that we have to remain faithful yeah. to Him, and if He goes down, we go down with Him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and he can fight his own battles, too. Like, yeah. we don't have to, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and I, I can't stress this enough how little our social media rants oh my gosh. do for the yeah. sake of the kingdom. Well, you know? it, it, and, and, and that was why I was pointing out these leaders in the church, God put them in those positions. Yeah. I mean, it's... They will come to you and ask you for a statement. The world will say, what is, you know, if that's who you are, mm-hmm. you know, I, that's one thing, I, the, the grievance I have for social media, if we can rant just a little bit. And here we are on social media, ranting <laughs> about social media. But the grievance I have is that we all see that as a platform for mm-hmm. uh, my or, opinion matters. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, maybe we're interested in the dessert you're eating or maybe we're not. But uh, <laughs> But beyond that. Uh, you're, it's like when you know an NBA All Star says, "Here's my political views." It's like, yeah. ah, no, you you play basketball well. We watch you for that. We bought right. the tickets. You haven't you haven't been given that place for yeah. that that platform for that reason. And and that's only it's only in your own mind. Yeah. And and I know people reward that kind of thinking, which is sad. But uh, the but the reality is is that uh, if if he really if what if your opinion is really important. God will give you the platform. God yeah. will elevate you. He He will call you up and give you that uh, that voice, that opportunity to share what needs to be shared. Something you said is just it's really sad for the world. They're just like, we don't want to follow God. We don't want to follow God. Like we don't want Him. And then they're mad about what's going to happen to them when they die. They're like, well, I don't want to go into hell. That's not a loving God. I'm like, you just said you didn't want Him. Like, but that's what our world is like. It's like, well, we don't want this God. And then it's like, okay, well. You said it. <laughs> like, well, but that's ex- that's it. exactly what's taking place yeah. here before Pilate is they're saying uh, yeah. we don't want him. Well, they don't want wrath from God. Right. They just don't believe that they're gonna. They're trying yeah. to. They're trying to silence. Jesus is saying mm-hmm. that if you don't follow me, you're going to experience God's yeah. wrath. And their solution is let's silence that voice. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't want to hear that voice anymore. Right. La, la, la. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so they. They kill him, yeah, and then God's voice resurrects, and and so it's the and and God just shows you cannot silence yeah. the word of God, right? Yeah, yeah. I was reading the same passage. Uh, I, I mean, we all read the same passages, but um, I I also took notes on this passage and this I had this tr- this God on trial moment. You mm. know, we've had however many books leading up to this. Uh, what is forty? two books leading up to this moment. That's really good math. Thank you. Uh, I was trying to do the math in my head. I'm like, oh. Uh, Carry the second Samuel. <laughs> 39 um, plus. Yeah. So, so we have, we have all this, all of this 
time of God expressing himself to his people mm-hmm. in in how many different ways does he have to do yeah. that? He says, okay, all right, I'm going to I'm going to create you. Okay, I'm going to save you from this flood. All right, I'm going to call you out. I'm going to um, make you a people now. Okay, now I'm going to let you do what you want so that for a time in judges so that I can save. Okay, I'm going to conquer that he got to go through a million different expressions of his love for these people who have shown nothing but disdain for his ways and <laughs> sends his son as the final like this is my expression of love towards you and he lives for 33 years and does and gives it to them right and then this trial comes up and Pilate, the world like the the symbol of mm-hmm. world power yeah. says yeah, this guy's innocent. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing wrong with this guy. Herod said that. I'm saying, I've said it twice now. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. And and God's people have a choice now. Between, and I love the Barabbas character. He's one mm. of my favorite characters in the Bible because uh, <gasps> okay. Jewish names <laughs> are like father, son yeah. of the father. Yeah. Bar the son of, Abbas the father, right? So son of the, you have the son of God, the father, right? Mm. And you have son of the, you have two Barabbases here, <laughs> right? And... And they say, given all of the evidence, we know he's innocent. We just don't want him. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, I title this section in my mind, the tr- God on trial, but it's really humanity on trial. And they condemn themselves because they say, you know, I, I know he's innocent. I know he's right. I just don't want him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and to me that that breaks my heart yeah. because I know that I would have done the exact same thing, yeah. you know, and I not that and I do the exact same thing on a you know, on a micro level every day with my little decisions that I, that yeah. I fail in. But, um, but I just, it's just this moment, you know, the cross is this climactic moment, of course, and we have these nexuses all over the Bible, but this one, it's, this moment must have broken God's heart more yeah. than any other because it's the yeah. humanity chose it. Yeah. You know? When it's like, it could have been so like, it could have been this you could have gone the other glorious way. moment. And then they're like, Nope. And yeah. it's like, I mean, can you imagine Abraham and Moses and those people who knew like mm. something and then them just being like, you did what? Like you killed him? Like right. this was the seed that was promised yeah. like way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like, man, and, but it, that's exactly what we all would have done. Yeah. Anyway. And, well, well the, it actually really they don't they don't believe he is innocent. Yeah. yeah. They believe he is guilty of a law that mm-hmm. they've created. Yeah. And and that's that's the the depth mm-hmm. of our own depravity and deception, is they really are looking at him and seeing a person who is guilty, but that that is how estranged they are from what right. God is. And yeah. and when the world looks at us, they do see us as being guilty. Mm-hmm. We we are looking at our guilt comp- based on what God's word says, but they have created a law that's yeah. not yeah. based upon God's word. And so yes. Indeed, we are guilty. He, Jesus, was guilty of violating their law. Right. Jesus their law, was, right? Yeah, and, and Jesus was guilty. And so, this is what they are condemning him for. Uh, it is, it is a, uh, it is a, it is a, it is God exposing that the world has truly chosen yeah. another king. They have chosen another God besides mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And so they have not just rejected, as he told Samuel, they haven't just re- they haven't rejected you. 
They've rejected. This is them rejecting me. This mm-hmm. is them saying, I don't want anything. You know, here it yeah. is. I put it right out there in front of them. This is who I am. And, and now you have the opportunity to follow me. And they're like, no, that's not our God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they, they choose. And, and, and of course we are guilty. You know, it's, it reminds me of when the early Christians were killed, they were killed for being atheist. They weren't killed for being yeah. uh, worshiping God. They were killed for not worshiping the gods of the Romans, mm. and uh, and that's uh, and that's what Jesus was killed for. He was killed for not worshiping um, the God of the Pharisees and claiming to be God himself. Correct, because obviously that's he is not the God <laughs> yeah. that uh, that they serve. That they serve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Mm. Okay. Wow. Good talk, guys. I like how we all we're all kind of on the same two pages. <laughs> yeah. Same two pages, and I'm yeah. coming back to Psalm 55 with a question. All right, well let's, uh, let's take a break <laughs> and let's get to that question. All right, we are back. We have two, two and a half maybe questions. <laughs> And uh, Josh is going to read them, and Pastor Troy is going to answer them. And I'm going to sit back and watch. So I'm going to – Josh, take it away. <laughs> hey, everyone. My name's Josh. No, I'm okay, no. So um, back in Psalm 55, uh-huh. verse 1, um, it says, Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not yourself from my plea of mercy. And so my question is, does God intentionally hide himself from us? And if so, why would he do that? Or what would cause that to happen? Hmm. Does God intentionally hide himself from us? I thought he was ever present. Um, he is ever present. Yeah. <laughs> and, and when you're reading the Psalms, always you're reading from the perspective of how these are how things appear to me. Yeah. Uh, and and so we get we don't glean a lot of our truths about uh, this is the character and nature of God from the Psalms. Uh, we glean a lot of this is the character and nature of us mm-hmm. from the Psalms and how we see God, uh, which I'm very appreciative of because that's we're uh, we don't sing from God's perspective. Uh, for the most part, we sing from our perspective of God, yeah. and it gives us a little bit of insight to how people felt and people how we have always felt because we do feel yeah. like oh, God absolutely. hides Himself from us. Uh, but in in fact, we hide ourselves from God uh, and and try to avoid his presence or we're going back again to Adam and Eve, yeah. hiding themselves from God when they're afraid of him. But uh, but the the idea is, is that when I'm crying out to him, uh, my version says, God, listen to my prayer and do not hide from my plea for help. And he's saying that uh, I don't please answer my prayer. Don't run from the answer. Don't because from my from my perspective, when I pray, it's like it seems like you're avoiding listening to me, yeah. that you are in the other room and so forth. It makes me and because and, we do this um, and we do we attribute to God things that we do ourselves. Yeah. Uh, I remember I had a boss who um, we had he had a door that led outside from the back of the building. And so when somebody would come, uh, they'd say, hold on, let me check and see if he's here. He'd get up out of his office. He'd run outside and go outside the building and stand there so the secretary could say, oh, he's out of the office right now. Can I take a oh message? Because uh, he didn't want them to lie. So, yeah, that's literally hiding. So, yeah. so we think that God does that. We mm-hmm. think that we call God and he does what we do, mm-hmm. uh, that we avoid those conversations and so forth. Obviously, he does not. Uh, he hears. He does hear our pleas. God hears everything. I, I, I think that's, you know, uh, uh, I've heard people say God only hears the prayers of believers. 
and it's like, hmm, God hears everything. <laughs> he just, it's ears. like he can't, yeah, he can't, <laughs> he can't not hear what unbelievers are crying out to. Yeah. And uh, it, I, I think what they're trying to say is that it's the prayer of a righteous man that's effective, mm-hmm. uh, that the Holy Spirit yeah. is what who groans and intercedes for us and the people who don't have the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit still works even if he doesn't indwell unbelievers. Uh, it's, uh, anyway, that's uh, – but whole no, the, the whole, <laughs> yeah. uh, whole other conversation. But the, uh, but the short, the short long answer is, is that no, God doesn't hide from us, that he does, he does hear us, but it does appear that he hides from us. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, my next question is in Psalm. I mean, I did it again. So Proverbs 15, verse 17. Um, it's kind of a weird uh, little verse. Uh, it says, uh, Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fattened ox and hatred with it. I have no clue what that means. The only, only words I know in there is love and hatred. It's like it's my wedding vows, dinner yeah, of love, right. <laughs> hatred of ox. Right. It's like I have no clue. We pray that every night before before we eat. We only eat herbs and with love. Um, my uh, again, my translation says better is a meal of vegetables where there is love than a fattened ox with hatred. Uh, and uh, and the idea is because we don't we don't think in terms of herbs very very much, but. The again the the idea is is that uh, this is not uh, it's it's actually pretty simplistic that when you have a, a lean meal is better when there's love because vegetables implied it was like when Daniel was eating uh, with his friends and the king uh, meat was we take meat for granted meat in third world countries meat in uh, in this time period it's a very rare delicacy you don't eat meat a lot we we eat so much meat we're like the Israel fattened Israelites in the in the wilderness eating quail every night but the uh, till it till it's coming out of our noses or whatever, but uh, we 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 are huge meat eaters, uh, and so we we it's hard for us to fathom this. But when you remember Daniel, the king was saying, "Here are the delicacies of the king's table." Well, that was meat sacrificed to idols, and so Daniel was saying, "I don't want to participate in your ritualism or whatever," and so God wants me to refrain from that. And so they're like, "Well, if we just give you." You know these vegetables. Then what's that going to be? And you know they didn't have different. You know there was. I love the Daniel diet. It's like Daniel was going. I need to create a new diet to lose weight. <laughs> we're all in this to lose weight and so forth and to be physically fit. This is what we're doing. That is not the motive that he had. Uh, it was considered sacrificial on his part that he is going forgoing. Uh, the meat that is being offered to him, and so the the wisdom here of of uh, proverb is that it's better to have a lean meal where you have nothing good uh, with people who love mm-hmm. you than to have a king's feast where there's hatred at the table. Um, and so that's that makes way much more sense than what I was like <laughs> yeah. trying to get anything from it. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Usually yeah. there's a simple solution. Yeah. Good stuff, guys. Good stuff, good stuff. Okay. <laughs> it's a good week. I've heard better. No, it was good. <laughs> good. And we Kidding. will pick up yeah. uh, on Josh's new podcast Josh's where his friends are. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Where he's seen every movie that we reference. <laughs> I create the content and you guys that's just right. follow. That's right. <laughs> anyway, we'll be back next week on Understanding Jesus. Thanks again for listening to the Understanding Jesus podcast. If you would like more information on Understanding Jesus or First Baptist Church of Jackson or would just like to submit a question or comment, then you can call the church office at 573-243-8415 or you can email us at office at fbcj.us. Thanks so much. We'll see you soon.